and they're like, all right, Matt, uh, what have you prepared for us? And I'm like, what do you mean? And, and the pianist just like kind of looks at me and the pianist is like, you know, glasses, he's seen it all. He like kind of looks at me like, and the producer goes, well, where's your book? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a book, I don't, a book for what? I'm not reading. <laughs> Welcome to my worst audition. All right. Welcome again to My Worst Audition. My wonderful guest today is Matt Van Orden. Matt Van Orden is an actor and voiceover artist who can be seen in Law & Order SVU, The Affair on Showtime, The Listener, starring Tessa Thompson, directed by Steve Buscemi, and indie films like T, starring Michael Gandolfini and The Recovery Call. Matt can be seen in numerous national commercials for Lowe's, NFL, DirecTV, Paycom, and Nerf. Matt starred in NYC performing with College Humor and was mentored by Josh Rubin when he was the head of the studio. He's also performed as an actor on Maud Night at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in NYC. That's UCB for those of us in the know, as well as other multiple shows at UCB. Matt grew up in Morris Plains, New Jersey and studied at Fordham University. I just read all that off. It sounded really professional. Matt, thanks for joining us. Yeah, great to be with you, Gary. If you don't remember, this is the hat. I wore on set of our most treasured video together, the Huggies. I remember that. Huggies, yeah. grilling, chilling, and refilling. That was when we were trying to toss the diapers into the trash. Yes. Uh, and Nick Fabiano, shout out to Nick. We love you, Nick. Uh, he told me that this was the second only hat that was made, and he had the other one, so I wear it proudly. Oh, Fancy. Ooh la la. Yeah. You should feel quite honored. I do. I just wore it for the top of it. You know, I can kind of, I can do this <laughs> for the rest of it. I can do hey, baby, this. It, it's I all Rogaine up here. Uh, yeah, do you use Rogaine? I've, I've been on Rogaine since I was like 22. Oh my God, good for you. It looks fantastic. I Thanks. I've been told by our mutual manager, Sana, to lean into the you know, light up on light, light turf on top. Well, you, you've done like the creepy guy look so well doing that, but it's so funny because all you need is a ball cap and suddenly it's like a complete transformation. Yeah. Right. It's like, Oh, I'm uh, you know, a bro. Right You're just now. cool. Cool, bro. Or cool like, dad. Yeah. Cool dad. Yeah. What's up? Exactly. I got, some, I got some cheddar flowing out the back. Yeah, and you take it off, and suddenly, you know, you're, you're like stroking your nipple, looking at kids in the playground, you know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I really, I, I don't let it um, bother me, because I had a bartender, like, tell me one time, I was, you know, fresh in New York City, and I was just doing whatever bullshit job I could get, and we were having a talk late at night, and I had come to the crossroads of, like... Do I start Rogaine? Do I, you know, do Propecia, whatever? And he just looked at me in his Irish brogue and he just goes, Machi, you are what you are. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I love that. That's cool, uh, man. And yeah, it, it helps me with roles, I feel like, uh, in a way. And um, there's always wigs, right? There's always wigs. I mean, I know Hugh Laurie had a wig for a long time in house. I know Patrick Stewart was terrified of going bald, and he's made an amazing career of it. Yeah. So, whatever. 
uh, you but, know, your hair looks fantastic. Yeah, from the dashed. front. I mean, I got a bald spot right there at the top. <laughs> I don't know if you can see. Yeah, but the camera's never the there. camera's never like right above the head. I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. A little receding hairline in the front too. But yeah. hey, now I'm a, I'm a slave to Rogaine now. I've, I've been on that. Like you have to buy like fifty dollars worth of Rogaine every three months. So I'm spending two hundred dollars a year on Rogaine. I've been on it for like twenty years now. Wow. Yeah. And you got to wear the gloves, right? Was I supposed to be doing that? I don't know. I mean, my brother, he, he, my brother does Rogaine and he has had like similar to yours, fuller hair on top, but he does have the receding hairline. Like it doesn't stop the receding hairline. Um, and he told me, he's like, yeah, dude, I got to wear gloves every time I apply it. Really? <laughs> Are you not doing that? I just, I just assumed that hairy hands are from chronic masturbation. <laughs> Oh, it's fantastic. Well, buddy, I'm happy to have you on. Um, yeah, likewise, I, man. I feel like you'll have a fine story for us uh, because you're just like, you go in, you're just like, whatever, I'm going to do whatever. And, and that's, oh, yeah. that's what I love. I I just, I was thinking about it all day. Um, and over dinner with my fiance, I decided on the one because there's many. There, there's There's many. But I felt like one of them really stood out. All right. So early on, left Fordham University, waited in like a, you know, cattle call to meet my manager. And my manager was Jackie Reed. I love her still. We're not together anymore, but her company, very successful, is called Little Angels Unlimited. And she was primarily a child representative. So she has like a ton of very well-known, you know, five to 12 year olds that are just like booking like crazy, but she had an adult department. So I, I signed with the adult department and she really got me in a lot of doors. Like I owe a lot of my success right now to Jackie Reed. We unfortunately had to, you know, um, go our separate ways, which, Ended up, I think, being good for the both of us, but um, she'll always have a really special place in my heart, and we, you know, keep in touch. That's great. So anybody listening, if you have any questions about, like, child representation, definitely look up Jackie Reed, Little Angels Unlimited. So she's getting me all these auditions, right? I'm going out for, like, and Gary, I'm, like, 23, okay? I've never been to Crack Hour like you had me go to. I've never done a UCB show. I'm like straight out of musical theater and theater school and like being as big as possible and saying to myself in New York City, I'm I'm it. What's up? Of course. Like, sure. and, and and again, I was also like in college, I was like three hundred pounds. So oh, I, didn't I was, realize oh, because you play football. Yes. That's right. Okay. I had lost a little bit of weight, but I was still like 250, 260 in that like, you know, bro, like mm -hmm. vibe. So yeah. I'm like going to these auditions for like Boardwalk Empire and like every big show because my manager was so good and I was, I was just bombing them. But the one that stood out as my absolute worst audition, I'll never forget it she got me an audition for a Broadway show. And back when it was like in-person auditions, they didn't always tell you the name of the show because it was so big, right? Mm. 
So okay. this was at Telsey, the headquarters. You know, and, and for you those can, that don't know, Telsey Casting is a very big casting company in New York. Telsey Casting, for those of you who don't know, are, is like probably, what are there, 20 Broadway shows? They cast 18. Yeah, very. <laughs> so I walk in there and I'm like, yeah, let's go. Jackie like hits me up the night before. She's like, she's like, you ready? You prepared? I'm like, of course. So I go in and Telsey is just like littered with like every single movie poster, every single Broadway legendary posters everywhere. You just feel like you're going to be a star by going to this audition, right? Yep. So I get in there and it's a pianist, it's a producer, and I believe it's a director. I didn't know who was who because, again, I'm walking in with so much confidence. I didn't care. Sure. And they're like, all right, Matt, uh, what have you prepared for us? And I'm like, what do you mean? And and the pianist just like kind of looks at me. And the pianist is like, you know, glasses. He's seen it all. He like kind of looks at me like. And the producer goes, well, where's your book? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like a book? I don't, a book for what? I'm not reading. <laughs> and they're like, uh, you need to sing from sheet music. That's what we mean. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I, sheet music, of course. I got, you said book, sheet music, I got it. So I like run out of Telsey and I had to like sign out because back in those days you signed in, you signed I out. Yeah. I like signed out. I went on the street, I went to a record store, bought a Zach Brown band sheet music. And no. like, I knew, I knew the words to chicken fry. I was like, I got this. No problem. Spent like $45 that I did not have on a Zach Brown band sheet music, full like album length sheet music. And I'm like, yeah, this is what they said. They said sheet music. So I go back up in the elevator. I sign back in. I'm waiting. And I go back in the audition and one of the people has left at this point because they know that I am just going to absolutely <laughs> nerf this audition <laughs> into the ground. And, and they're like, oh, okay, you're good now? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm gold, man. I give the pianist the sheet music that I literally just looked at and he starts playing. And he's playing perfectly. This pianist was awesome. Mm -hmm. Shout out to all the pianists who have to do that for auditions. He literally is playing this intro to Chicken Fried perfectly. And I start singing. And he goes, he goes, oh, sorry, what key are you in? <gasps> I'm like, yeah, I, I, that, I wanted to ask you that. <laughs> are you in the... And he goes, in the, I'm like, oh, yeah. He goes, what key? I'm like, uh, and then he goes, I'm just going to play your key. 
Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for you to be like, uh, two? Every, Is that a key? Yeah. Two? Every, everybody knew, right? <laughs> so then I'm sitting there and he's like, okay. He plays me in. Gary, I butcher chicken fried worse than anyone who's ever sang to their steering wheel oh. or sang in the shower. <laughs> and like, I'm trying to like hit a high note just for whatever. Oh. And I finish and the guy sitting at the other end of the table, cause we all know what that image looks like. Mm-hmm. He just looks at me and he just goes, Hey, you're going to have to do this again. You need a book of music that you can learn before you come into an audition that has three songs that is in your key that you can perform mm. for an audition. Mm. And he said it was such a calm tone mm -hmm. that it, it like stayed with me my whole life because he wasn't mad. He wasn't no. angry. He, he gave me the five minutes. Yep. I mean, he knew as soon as I walked in and I said a book for what? Like he knew. Mm -hmm. So that man really taught me a lot about auditioning, not just for musical theater, everything. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I've never felt so embarrassed, uh, ashamed, dumb, uh, but also like felt alive in that moment because yeah, you man. know I belted chicken fried. I know you did. You did not hold back. Of my lung. You know what I'm chicken fried. Like hold <laughs> me on Friday. And the the pianist was just like, like <laughs> trying not to laugh. Um so I I felt awful. Like that was my absolute worst audition. But being so far from, removed from it, I can now appreciate and put perspective on what that guy did for me in that sure. moment. Sure. Which I, is I'm with you. Awesome. And, and you don't always find that. I think most of the time, you know, when you blow an audition, and I know I've done that many times, the casting director just be like, all right, next, or whatever, or maybe laugh behind your back or whatever. Uh, or maybe not, but they're not often going to take the time to try to explain and give you like a teachable moment because some actors, I know you don't and I don't, but some actors take things very personally and they yeah. get personally offended if they're critiqued in any way. And some people just don't want the hassle of a conflict, a confrontation with somebody and they say, okay, thanks, bye. I had that happen to me once before where I was with a casting director at a major network. She's a very, very nice lady, very major casting director. And I was going in the first time I auditioned for a pilot. And I don't get these pilot auditions all that often. So I was like, all right. And I remember hearing people say you shouldn't uh, be completely off book because they want you to see that you can take direction. So you should hold like the paper. I don't know where I heard this advice from. But they say you should hold the script so they can see that you don't have it prepared in a certain way that you can't be directed off of the way you prepared it. Okay. I, I don't know. So I, I went in sort of being familiar with it. I read it and she said, okay. It was nice, but there's no way I can show this tape to the producers. You need to be so off book, like your life depended on it. You need to have wow. this down to the word. And uh, she said, I tell you what, 
I have time tomorrow. Why don't you come back tomorrow? Whoa. Get down. And get, she was so, so sweet, uh, so nice about it. Um, and I, I honestly couldn't the next day because my dad was having heart surgery the next day. And I know it sounds like a cliche made up excuse, like the dog ate my homework, but I just, I really couldn't make it. I had to be with my dad the next day. Yeah. And she said, all right, well, there'll, there'll be another time. And in my mind, I'm like leaving the room. I'm like, yeah, there'll never be another time. This is my one chance. I blew it. Of the end of it. Uh, but she was nice. She called me in again uh, until one day I showed up to be a reader and I didn't do my laundry and I only had one shirt to wear and it smelled <laughs> and I think it smelled too bad. But I was sitting in there and I realized about one or two people in that I was the smelly guy in the room and it oh. reeked and she never brought me back in again. And, and I can't say that I blame her because if I thought that I was casting the smelly guy, I'd never cast the smelly guy in anything. So she's a very nice lady. I don't blame her at all. But she uh, gave you yeah. the, the three strikes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but she took the time to, you know, hey, this is how it needs to be done. And I'm That's, grateful to her for that. Yeah. I, I love when people do that. There's, I feel like there's so much more power in delivering a message that way than just out of, you know, anger and like quick dismissal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, cool, man. That's a great story. I, I love it. Oh, thanks, uh, man. I had Rob King on earlier. He was my first guest, and he told a somewhat similar story about not knowing what a book was for a musical audition. Oh my so gosh. You, yeah. You two have to talk to each other about that. That is so cool. Rob, dude, Rob and I have always been like kindred spirits. In fact, he texted me, um, I want to say like a month ago or something. He was, you know, cause he's in LA now. Yeah. He's hanging with Big the boys, shot. Nick, Nick Fabiano, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Shout out to Eric. Yeah. Um, and, uh, because of the time difference, like, thank you for bumping this up, by the way, because I literally am in bed at like nine o'clock. I get up at 5 a.m. workout very, very regular, rigorously because I've got this movie I'm uh, starting to fundraise for coming out. Yeah, and, please tell us all about it, by the way. Yeah, and I will in a second. And, and Rob texted me at like, you know, it must have been like, you know, six o'clock. 6.30 his time, but it showed up on my phone at 9.30, so I didn't get it until the next day. So I opened up the message, and he's like, I'm working on a short film for you, you talented schmuck, or like something like that. That's Rob. Yep. Um, so I'm excited to see what that what, what comes of that. But uh, everyone go look at Rob's Seed and Spark campaign right now for his short film that he's got going on. Yep. Um, I believe I just donated to it today. Yeah, what was it called again? I don't even remember the name. I'm that good of a friend. But I <laughs> looked it up and I was like, I'm donated to my friend. Yeah, I think it's like Left Unsaid or something oh, like I that. Oh, I think it was just Unsaid. I think that was unsaid? the name. Unsaid? Unsaid, yes. It looks awesome. Yeah, look up Rob King, Seed and Spark, Unsaid. It's a very personal movie that he is uh, he wrote and is producing. And Eric <laughs> is going to be DP on that. Yeah, of course he is. God, Eric, 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 Eric. Oh. oh, it's Eric, dude, bro, Eric, dude. Oh, I drive a Ducati. I'm so cool, dude. Uh, he's cooler than I am. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I just show up and play pretend. He actually knows what he's doing with the camera. No, he, he I mean, obviously, every time I see him, I feel like I want to hit him in the nuts, but he's really <laughs> smart. Like, he he was teaching me some things. God, this this podcast is all about teaching moments um he was like teaching me things of of like what he does 
on one shoot, and I was I was blown away. The guy really knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he does. Um, so, anyways, my film. Uh, I've been working on this for about ten years, truly. Oh so wow! So I wrote it first as a book, um, and then I sent it to my best friend, and he was like, "Dude, what do you want?" As a result of this, I'm like, well, I want to play the lead in a movie. He's like, then just write the movie. And I wrote like, I don't know, probably like 17 different iterations of this story at this point. All the same characters, but like they now go through other things. And this is the best version it's ever been. I've got Jay Kleitz for people who are in New York City and know Jay. Uh, you can look him up on IMDb. Jay Kleitz is producing it. And, I don't look him up because I have no clue who that is. Oh, you, my you, own ignorance. You will though. You've probably seen him in audition rooms, um, and he's also going to play one of the parts in the movie, which is exciting. So it is called the Kill Floor, and here is the logline. I've got it right here. Right. Haunted by a mission that cursed him with PTSD, and left his brother comatose. Navy SEAL Matt Bama returns home to work with his cousins in the local slaughterhouse, only to become embroiled in their opiate operation. After a Navy Admiral's son overdoses, Matt is forced to choose between his family and his duty. Oh, oh, nicely done. It's a good Thank log you. line, too. Yeah, Jay wrote it. <laughs> yeah, I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. I, I, I wrote all the other pages except for the log line. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice man no it's, it's been a big it's been a big lift um we had a guy who was talking to jay and he was like does this, does this guy like does he just want to sell the script like you know because we can probably make that happen and jay called me he's like you don't want to do that right i'm like no i'm playing the lead so yep um ghost alone style he yeah. refused to take all the big money so i'm playing the lead in rocky oh yeah that i mean I can only hope that that's what happens with this, but I think it's going to, the, the major point of the film is how we need to take better care of our veterans mm -hmm. and, um, you know, interfamily relationships with siblings are important. I wonder if you can get John Stewart to do a cameo in there because he's all about veterans. Is he really? I didn't know. Yeah. That. That's one of his big things. Yeah. Oh shit. That's a great, see, these are, the, these, these are the type of conversations I need to be having. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's whatever, a possibility, man. Gary. Well, uh, let everybody know where they can find your work if they want to look you up online. Yeah. So I've got a uh, website, mattvanorden.com, which Gary helped me edit. Uh, also, social media, just Matt Van Orden on pretty much everything. I got to be honest, Gary, and people will probably say this when they go i show a little bit i don't show a lot on social media i only show a little mm. bit hmm. yeah i don't do much on it i have like a, a instagram right? i have like five posts yeah i just i do a little <laughs> bit i don't i don't like to i don't like to give too much you know yeah i get it it was never a thing with me either it was always big i remember when it came out people were like taking pictures of their breakfast. I'm like, nobody gives a fuck what I had for breakfast. I don't give a fuck what I had for breakfast. Why am I <laughs> yeah. taking pictures of this? Yeah, exactly. Whatever. But if some people are into it and if you, and you are and, and you're doing well and it's helping you more power to you. I'm oh, happy yeah. for you. It just, it was never my thing.
I I think that that it's a it's a it's another tool in the toolbox. Yeah. But I like to uh, I don't know, man. You know, I'm doing this podcast with you because you're my friend. Thanks, like, man. you know, yeah, and you got a funny story too. I mean, that's part of it, and. You know, it's all, it's called my worst audition and we get to hear funny stories and everything, but part of it is a teachable thing. Like I want other people to be able to listen to this and be like, oh yeah, you can go in and do your thing, bring yourself. And you know what? If you mess up, it's not the end of the world. There's going to be other auditions, but you'll be remembered and you'll get better at it. So don't, don't get in your head too much about this stuff. Yeah. You can't. It's, it's just, there's there's so many opportunities to go in and audition for a ton of roles and all the roles that I've booked so far in my career I really can't tell you why I booked them I yeah. like no one has pulled me aside and been like hey man just so you know you did this and that's why you did it mm. like you never get that no so I say no. just let it fly but be prepared is my big advice. Yeah. Yep. Prepare as well as you can in advance and then yeah. just toss it out and go in and do your thing and stay positive, man. I was just, yeah. on, I was just on the phone earlier with my buddy who was asking me about this movie. Cause like we're fundraising right now. And he's like, so what are your expectations? You know, are you, are you going to be upset if this doesn't lead you to like, the next role where you're like in the running for awards. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I've already made it. I am an actor. That's my life. I've, I'm living my dream. Yeah. So I'm going to make something that's important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I did that job delivering dead pigs to Chinatown in college. Oh, so that's where this all kind of, stems from so i'm just having fun telling a story about what i think will resonate with people and i said to him do you think peter dinklage got game of thrones after he did the station agent if anybody if you've never seen that movie gary you should it's a great movie i've seen it you've seen it yep like he i i'm pretty sure i heard on an interview with him and shout out to peter dinklage who is also a del barton alumni mm. uh as I am, he did that movie and I'm pretty sure it was either that movie or like a theater booking that he had right before it, where he told his family that he's quitting his day job. And he said, as soon as I walk out of this job for better or for worse, I will be a working actor. Hmm. And what he meant by that was like, no matter how hard it gets, financially, et cetera, et cetera. That's what he's going to do. And I think he booked like a play, which, you know, little money for rent, stuff like that. But then I think he booked the station agent, which was people are like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. Let's get him in stuff. So that's, that's also my advice is, is to, even though I don't do a lot of stuff on social media is, is work on your own projects and have fun telling your stories of what you want to watch. Yeah, man, exactly. And if it doesn't lead to something directly, if it doesn't blow up and become like this best picture nominee or whatever, it leads to something else. Yes. When you make your own stuff and put yourself out there, 
stuff ends up happening for you somehow, some way, tangentially, this way or that way. You, you never know. And you're doing it, man. It's great. I couldn't agree more. And you are doing it too, Gary. I'm trying. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anything's going to come of this, but I, you know, I have so many of these stories. I'm like, God, oh, there has to be other actors out there with just funny stories, and I want to hear them because they just make me laugh. When and probably other actors get inspired and be like, oh yeah, maybe I don't need to be so uptight about my auditions and be so precious about it. Absolutely. And I think that when you've had success with this, you should do a uh, my worst acting experience one. We could, yeah, because I have. I literally have a story that I just told my fiance. Shout out to Eva Gustafson, who I love. Uh, she's like, you can't tell that. I'm like, why not? Oh, oh no, I want to hear it. She's like, you can't tell that because that's trauma. <laughs> and I'm like, no. I'm like, <laughs> so stay tuned for that. I'll hop All on right, again. All right, I may have to do that now because I want to hear the story. But don't tell me. It has to be on the podcast. Boom. We're doing it. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, Gary. Right. It was a lot of fun, man. Thanks for joining me, dude. Go get some sleep. Yeah, I will. Take care. Bye, Gary. Thanks, man. Later, man.